Hi everyone, I'm Kelsey. I'm Colton. Let's, Let's get, get weird, weird together. together. Alright, showtime. Showtime, girls. So, you guys can't see it, but um, we have the lights off and we have this really cool, like, faux neon. Is it full faux neon or is it real neon? I think it's neon. I don't know. A, a, a neon sign, and it gives the room a very sexy glow. But, um, seeing as this is how we like to podcast, the likelihood of us, you know, video recording is, is fairly low, I'd say. <laughs> I mean, we will at some point. Uh my eyes already hurt from the lights. Just thinking about it. We're going to have to have real lights on us, you know. Ugh, no. Yeah. I know. It sounds disgusting. But we've had so many requests for video footage of some kind. They can just have pale, shiny, pink people hiding yeah. in their goblin cave. That works. Yeah. They get what they get. <laughs> how you get three views on youtube follow me for more advice yeah <laughs> so this is my episode today i have a very interesting topic that i know you know some about but i guarantee that you don't know everything about because it's uh whew, it's a lot <laughs> yeah I, I know very little information about it but i from what i understand it's fucking wild yeah so yeah, it is. I'm ready. And what's crazy is like throughout the last couple of weeks I've had a lot of like weird connections and other things that I've seen. Um, like I'll talk about like MK Ultra a little bit in here and we just started watching Stranger Things and they're talking about like mind control experiments and stuff like that. And so just little things like that have been connecting, but it's um oh it's called something where you you see it somewhere, uh and so you see it all over the place. I don't know. I know what you mean. Yeah. I don't know what it's called. Yeah, there was a movie. It's like as soon as you get a red Jeep, you just see red Jeeps everywhere. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, I would like to give a real quick trigger warning at the very top. There is talk about animal abuse in this in more ways than one. So if that's something that you are sensitive to, feel free to wait six months for the next episode. Or... <laughs> Hopefully it won't be that long. Hopefully it won't be that long. The next one's on you, and you are less of a procrastinator than I am. So I hope. I don't really know. Sometimes. Sometimes. Uh, I've had this one. I, I've changed topics maybe six, seven times. Because um, I was going to talk about a female pirate. I thought about talking about the emu wars, um, sleep paralysis demons, all sorts of different things. And so I have a bunch of like half-written podcasts. But then I settled on this one. Why I settled on this one, I'm not really sure, but I'm very happy that I did. Um, I unfortunately have seen things that I can't unsee after researching. And if you guys don't know or haven't read the, the title of the episode, we are talking about the Dolphin House experiments. Um, not a whole lot of people know about this one, but more people than I thought. <laughs> So the general idea of it is a scientist is trying to talk to dolphins, trying to bridge the interspecies gap. He thinks that dolphins are the ideal candidate for interspecies communication because he believes that they have a complex language similar to our own. Um, and we'll see later that that's kind of criticized and we're not really sure about that. But um yeah, let's uh, let's get on into this. Let's get weird. 
let's get weird. So the year 1965, great year. The sixties were a wild time. As a woman, I'm happy I didn't have to live through those, but a lot of really interesting stuff happened then. I think living through the sixties would be really crazy and kind of fun. And then you get to live through the seventies, which I was born long after the seventies, but I kind of feel like I'd fit the vibe. And it's crazy how- Free love and cheap drugs? Yeah, free love and cheap drugs. I'm saying. But most people that have lived through the 70s or who were like teenagers in the 70s are not free love and cheap drugs kind of people anymore. Society has changed them and it's very sad. Yeah. Yeah. So in 1965, Dr. John C. Lilly and Margaret Howe flooded a house in St. Thomas Island, which is a part of the Virgin Islands in the Caribbean. There were ramps on either side of the house so that new water was constantly being pushed in. And uh, the idea for this was they were going to house a dolphin inside this house and let fresh seawater come in. And there would be kind of a meeting point for both the human occupant and the dolphin occupant. So Margaret Howe was the person who was going to be teaching the dolphin to speak. Similar to how a mom teaches a child to speak, that was that was her job. She was going to be there 24-7, more or less, living in this partially submerged home. So before the official experiments started, she decided to do kind of like a, like a three-week trial run where she was going to stay in the house, see what kind of changes needed to be made. And from everything she wrote about it, it sounded horrible because she was just wet all the time. There was not a dry place for her. Who who didn't imagine? Like a dry place to sleep, maybe? <laughs> uh, no dry place to eat. It was just water everywhere. Everything was wet, always. And like, she had to write her notes down like a caveman. You can't do that when there's water everywhere. So she went to John with her critiques and he fixed them kind of, sort of. So there was like a dry area, which was like a a step up and that's where her bed was but she still had to enclose it with shower curtains and she said that it was miserable she was just always wet she buzzed her hair down um in anticipation for or in preparation sorry for this experiment just because you know having salt water in your hair always sounds miserable which is have you seen those signs that are like mermaid hair don't care ew Mm -hmm. that sounds awful (laughs) the thought of my hair being wet and salty my whole life makes me want to shave my head so she got her minuscule adaptations and then she was brought in for the 10-week trial for the dolphin house experiments 10 weeks is a long time to live in partial water um so on one side of the house there was kind of like a not like a tank but a pool yeah a pool where the water flowed in and that's where the dolphin would stay and then there would be water that flowed through the house to meet the quote-unquote dry section kind of in the middle and the water came up to the to about uh, Margaret's shins and so that middle area is where the dolphin and the person would meet so that they could have their lessons The first dolphin that was 
introduced to the experiments. Her name was Pam. Super sweet dolphin. But she wasn't really engaged. She didn't really want to interact with people. Kind of a shy, timid dolphin. They kept her, but they decided against using her for the official experiment. They decided on a six-year-old dolphin. His name was Peter. And dolphins... God. It's very... (laughs) confusing on how long they live. I did a Google search and I found 37 different answers. Some say that they live to be 60, some say 40, some say 20. The most that I've seen was like 20, 25 for dolphins, either in captivity or the wild. So let's say Peter's six, he's like a middle-aged dolphin, but he's kind of going through dolphin puberty. So he's very hyperactive, very engaged, excited to learn new things. And um, just full of uh, just energy. The way that they would try to make this work is, like I said, kind of like you do with a kid. Like Margaret would read to Peter and try to have him communicate with her. So when dolphins exist in the wild, they don't tend to make any kind of noise outside of the water. That's something that you usually see more in captivity kind of like how people say cats don't meow unless they're around people Mm -hmm. similar to dolphins it's something that they are using as a tool to try to communicate with us if we have any marine biologist listeners that are like hey that's fucking wrong please let me know also why are you listening to my podcast (laughs) (laughs) smart person get your own podcast um So Margaret would try to get him to basically mimic the things that she was saying, which I really don't feel like is a good indication of speech because, like, you can do that with a parrot. You can do that with some dogs. But whatever. Not my experiment. That's how she did it. And she wouldn't interact anytime he would kind of go off the rails. Um, I have a clip here for him trying to talk for the first time. Uh, uh, Uh-uh-uh. I should have just saved all these, but you know what? I'm lazy. I hope this doesn't come too loud. So you can kind of hear how he, it kind of sounds like he says hello. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Um, Margaret, sweet sweet Margaret this poor woman she had no official training or real preparation for this she's just she's just like some midwestern English teacher and they're like you you could teach anyone no she a teacher at all no why did she get picked for this she's just some lady who lived on the island uh she met uh, John C. Lilly and they kind of hit it off. And he was like, hey, you want to teach dolphins to talk? And she's like, since I was a little girl. Um, <laughs> it Really, it was just they met. He needed someone. He's like, you're a woman. You can be a teacher. That's woman's work. Raise this dolphin as your own child. And oof, I hope that she doesn't treat her own children this way, because that would be quite odd as we'll get into this a little further (laughs) yeah um not only did she have no experience she was also the only person really involved in this experiment like john c Riley is a legit 
scientist. John C. Riley. Riley, not Riley. Sorry, Lily. <laughs> John C. Riley. <laughs> Lily. <laughs> Ooh, different people. John C. Lily is like a legit scientist. He actually worked for. Um, oh, it's. Uh, we'll get to where he he worked for the government. Um, and he's like a neuropathologist, I believe. So, like, a real scientist. You'd think that he would be doing the scientific study. No. He was, like, never there. Um, in so fact... Just call me when you have results. <laughs> well, this is where things start to get a little weird. Uh, instead of being there physically to help with the dolphin experiments, he would be in another room in a sensory deprivation tank, which we all know what sensory, uh, sensory deprivation tanks are, right? Body temperature, water, it's salt water, so you float, no sight, no sound. Um, so he would be in that, uh, trying to communicate with the dolphins telepathically. As one does. Yeah. You don't remember in elementary school when you were learning basic english and the principal was in the other room trying to speak it into my mind uh-huh. yeah is that just a public school thing or i, I don't know <laughs> well yeah this is the guy that was involved with mk ultra right kinda kinda well, well M- mk ultra adjacent yeah he, he was he was propositioned for it anyway uh, that makes sense yeah it really does. It sounds like a fucking Looney Tune. Oh, man. It just gets worse. <laughs> Better, worse, I don't know. Whatever way you want to look at More this. More interesting. He's he's a character. That is for sure. Ugh. So he's actually the person that invented sensory deprivation tanks, which I think is really cool. Hmm. Uh, yeah. And um, I thought that they'd been around for much longer, but they had not. I actually have an ex who um, was always ranting about I, him not understanding why people would ever want to go into a sensory deprivation tank because they were used for torture and they were made for torture. And I was like, I don't think that they're made for torture. And he's like, no, that's why they were made. And I was like, uh, I don't care no, enough that's, to That's isolation this. in prison. That's yeah. not some sort so, of deprivation. Well, he thought he was right about everything. And I'm not one to argue. I've had a couple of those. Yeah, you can't argue with the narcissist people. That's if you learn anything from this podcast, it is that. Yep. Yeah. Because even get if you're right, you you're wrong, huh? I said, get out while you can. <laughs> Blink twice if you need help. Well, no one really knew this at the time, but um, John C. Lilly was batshit crazy, and he. Kind of got really famous during this time because he was trying to talk to dolphins and everyone was like, wow, this smart scientist guy, he's going to do it. This guy's a fucking visionary. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) He, he was in newspapers. They made comics about him. Fun fact, the show Flipper was inspired by these experiments. Yeah. Fun. And there's some... Way different show. <laughs> yes. 
There's some dolphin game. It's it's really old. I don't remember what it's called. I should have written it down, but like I didn't think it was that interesting, but it kind of is. Um It's a, it's an older it's an older game, but it it's like a dolphin swimming around and it's was inspired by John C. Lilly's work. Today, you can get on TikTok, Facebook, wherever and see a dog or a cat using buttons to communicate with people, which I think is interesting because in my mind, that is interspecies communication. And it's way simpler than dolphin telepathy. Uh, my favorite is Bunny, you know, the, the dog, the I, some kind of doodle, super cute. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> I watched this YouTube video of this guy. I got through maybe 15 minutes of it. He was doing basically a YouTube video on this subject. And it, a lot of the information that he had was incorrect from what I saw. I, it could come from a different source to me, but. Uh, Echo the Dolphin. Echo the Dolphin? That's the game. It was a Sega Genesis game where a dolphin travels back in time to fight extraterrestrials. That tracks. That <laughs> really, really tracks. <laughs> it was apparently inspired by John C. Lilly's Ketamine Dreams. Yes, it was. It absolutely was. We'll get into ketamine later. Oh, I hope like, not. Like, it's you, like, you and, like you and me. Not, oh, not on the yeah. podcast. Oh, no, yeah. okay. Yeah. Making that good podcast money. We can, we can afford ketamine now. <laughs> if only. <laughs> I would never. No, nah, ketamine, no. We'll, uh, we'll of, talk about drugs another time. Yeah. Anyway, so that YouTuber who was, he was just ranting and raving, and I just don't like people who are super ranty, even though I get ranty. So you don't like another is what you don't like about yourself. Uh, <laughs> but he was talking about how, basically how dumb animals were. And he's like, your dog is not as smart as you think that it is. And like, they, they only understand the things you say. They don't understand what you say, just like how you say it, which is a common argument that people have that uh, your pet doesn't understand commands or whatever that you say. It's how you say it, which is just a ridiculous thought because one, most animals have nonverbal communication. So their first way to understand a language is going to be through nonverbal cues. And that does include tone and body language. So if I'm like, oh, you're a piece of shit, aren't you? Yes, you are. They're like, I don't know what you're saying, but you're really excited about it. And I trust you. So I'm also going to be yeah, excited. Yeah, they're not going to understand what you're telling them until you teach them what it what it means exactly like dogs are fucking smart yeah all animals in general are a lot smarter than we give them credit for like there's this weird culture of like thinking ourselves so far superior to animals when they like they're shockingly intelligent yeah it just because they are not trying to take over the planet does that mean that they are not as smart as us because a lot of animals show incredible uh ability to problem solve they have complex language that we just don't understand because it's not vocal and a lot of other things people like you said people think that animals are so dumb and we are so superior but the truth is i, I just don't think that that's true mm -hmm. um and, and another thing about the whole like animals only understanding like how you say something 
that is how everyone and everything tries to bridge that gap of communication. If someone is speaking to me in another language and I'm friendly with them, if they start laughing and acting like they made a joke, proper social etiquette is to smile and laugh along even if you do not understand what they've said. Yeah. And so my dog getting excited whenever I am acting excited and using that type of the tone of voice, it is the same thing in my mind, at least. Like, I don't know what you're saying, but I'm using context clues here. Anyway, just just a little tangent. Um, and and I I read a couple articles about like. How, how how smart dogs are and stuff like that. And in uh, one of the articles I read on accident, it says that wolves have local howl accents. That's interesting. Huh. Not at all related to what we're talking to, but... Um, <laughs> talking about. Talking about, yeah. <laughs> but I thought it was interesting. That's one of them Midwesterner wolves. <laughs> Ow, don't you know? That was terrible. I don't do accents. I apologize for anyone who had to hear that. Uh, we're leaving that in for sure. Oh, uh, no, it's fine. It I'm stays. a constant embarrassment. <laughs> so back to dolphins, Dr. Lily, LSD, all that jazz. We haven't even got to the LSD yet. Oh, that's the best part. Yes. <laughs> so Dr. Lily used to be a neurophysiologist for the U.S. Department of Health. There we go. That's what it is. He mapped out neurological pathways for fear and arousal, and also pain in macaque monkeys. He also did a bunch of experiments uh, involving dolphins. Unfortunately, he killed a bunch of them because dolphins can't breathe while they're sedated. He then figured out a way to, like, make these little sleeves that go into the brain so that he could just insert the probes on top of them so that the animal wouldn't have to be knocked out in order for him to map these pathways. So that's kind of cool. Unfortunately, a lot of dolphins did die. Very sad. Hmm. Um, uh, I just don't understand why he didn't experiment on people. <laughs> Unfortunate. Um, I mean, he did kind of, because he experimented on himself quite a bit. So I have another little sound clip um, for Peter the Dolphin talking. So here we go. And this is him. Oh, God, don't play a fucking ad. So, kind of. You can kind of hear that. Which... Mm, sure. Like, wah, 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 wah. In a way, kind of. But that is really the extent of how far these experiments went. Really. As owner of Mint Mobile, no. No. Ryan Reynolds, I love you, but you're not in this podcast, okay? But if you want to be. But if you want to be. Contact us, because my people are us. <laughs> <laughs> so some of the other reasons that uh, dolphins were picked for this experiment above other animals are that they're like a very social species. So the idea of them wanting to communicate with 
another social circle was not a far jump. Just a, a random little fact, if a dolphin can't surface, it'll send out a distress signal. And other dolphins, even if they're not a part of the same pod, will come assist that dolphin to the surface so it can breathe. So mm. that's cool. Uh, Lily hypothesized that uh, we think animals are dumb because they don't want to dominate their environment or because they lack engineering abilities, like we were just talking about. So we clearly agree with John C. <laughs> on that. <laughs> Maybe just that. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, he, he has a quote. It says, we are severely handicapped in our efforts to measure the intelligence of species other than our own. We use inappropriate yardsticks derived from our own histories of being primates having arms and legs. He believed that language was more, uh, that language was a more accurate measure of intellect than basically how you've grown your infrastructure as a community and like engineering and stuff like that, which I think is interesting. And he's kind of right on the handicap of judging intelligence for other species because we think they should be smart how we are smart, but. Yeah, I mean, if you're a perfect murder machine for your environment and there's very few, if any, predators of you, yeah. then what? What? there's no need to evolve too much beyond that exactly like sharks and alligators they've been around for ever yeah millions of years because what they do works it helps they it helps them survive they've survived for a very long time i think i read something that says like sharks are older than trees something mm. like that i could be wrong i don't know um so anyway back to the dolphins uh, Peter was very eager for human interaction and learning, but he was a very young dolphin. He was hyper. He would always tangle himself up in Margaret's legs and knock her down and he'd hit her and bite her. So she'd just be all bruised and just sore and salty and wet. And it just sounds like a miserable life. But um, anyway, uh, Lily studied dolphin language for years before he started this experiment. And uh, he... Decided to call the language that dolphins speak Dolphinese, as you do. Uh, All right. Points for the creativity. He said that dolphins have a unique ability to communicate in two different ways at once. So, like, one side of the brain can understand clicks, while the other side can understand, like, squeals and whistles. It's kind of like a person having a verbal conversation while having a secondary conversation in sign language. I've kind of bounced around on how I've written this. I tried to go back through and like organize it better. So if this sounds very odd and how it's clustered together, it's because I didn't do a good job of doing that. There's a lot of words here. I can't be expected to wrangle them all. <laughs> okay. Just do your best. I'm just doing my best, guys. You'll get the information. Oh, I'm sorry, Winter. Yeah, It's not like you guys are writing a book report on this. You're just listening to me talk to fill the void in your day probably a car rider while you're at work so um like i said earlier lily would usually be found in sensory deprivation tanks like always like all the time all day every day which is just too much your brain is 
constantly receiving sensory input and it has measures to kind of like even that out. It has chemicals to keep you from getting overloaded, chemicals to keep you from being underloaded. And so that you kind of have this like certain level of, um, oh, what's that word where things are in the middle? Like equilibrium. Yeah, you have this kind of equilibrium of sensory input. And if you take all of that and you just turn it off as you do in a sensory deprivation chamber, your brain will usually, what you doing? I'm looking at pictures of the, of him in a sensory deprivation tank, but this one is of him with a dolphin or fucking with a dolphin, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. I'm just trying to see some kind of visual aid while you're talking. (laughs) That's fair. I just saw you laughing and I was curious. Uh, anyway, so if you take away all the sensation from your brain... Oh, that's the one I, would, I giggled at. Oh. It's just him floating in his tank. Yeah. See, I told you that weird little head mask thing when we were watching... Yeah. Uh, Stranger Things. Stranger Things last night. Um, anyway. So if you take away all the sensory stimulation from your brain, your brain just starts to make shit up. Because it's not used to having everything turned off. Which is why being in a sensory deprivation tank can cause hallucinogenic effects. Um, it is it is very similar to doing hallucinogens, such as like psilocybin or lysergic acid, so mushrooms, LSD. Um, it's not it's not as intense, obviously, but I guess it also kind of depends on your personal brain chemistry. But I have definitely talked to people that have had full on hallucinations while in the sensory deprivation chamber or a tank so that being said that it can already cause you to hallucinate what do you think that you should do to just amp this up take drugs take drugs acid makes everything better acid does make everything better uh once uh (laughs) Once Lily discovered this, like, quote, psychedelic state that the sensory deprivation chamber could put him into. And let's not forget that this is kind of the first time in history that anyone's experienced this. Really? Or like, have it's not like he can just Google what the effects of a sen- sensory deprivation uh, tank is. Yeah. To him, this is the gateway to the universe. And he became obsessed with it. I'm not surprised. (laughs) I probably would too. It sounds awesome. Just a little vacay from reality. Like you, you, you found your door to the universe and you want to wander as far as you can. So he starts also doing LSD, which is, it's been around for about 20 years at this time, but like, it's been studied. It hasn't really been demonized yet. It hasn't really hit the market. You're not finding it at, at like Grateful Dead shows yet. Uh, it's just just John in his, uh, his big bathtub wandering around the galaxies of his mind. It sounds like a great time. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? So he started to see these three entities when he was 
on his mega tank trip. So acid sensory deprivation tank. And they became known as the Earth Coincidence Control Office, or ECHO. Oh. Yeah. Makes sense why that was the name of the, the, the dolphin, dolphin game. game. Yeah, it sure does. <laughs> they were the local branch of a larger institution under the Galactic Coincidence Control Office. And then above them, there was the Cosmic Coincidence Control Office. And they were basically... They're basically who are involved in controlling the different coincidences and happenings of earth, the galaxy, whatever, to make sure that the timeline stays how it should kind of like, um, Oh, the umbrella Academy. What's the, what's the place called that, uh, keeps the timeline running. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember either, but it's like the commission. the commission. Yeah. So it's like the commission and the umbrella Academy. Um, he did an interview on TV while wearing a coonskin hat. I thought it was a blowout at first, but then I saw the tail, which I thought that was a great choice. And he was telling them all about echo. He's super sane. When I saw this, I was like, that man is a scientist. He <laughs> has his PhD. He's doing the real work here. That's right. Kids, if you stay in school, get really good grades, go to college, get in debt. One day you too. Can do drugs with dolphins. Exactly. Honestly, if they would have told me that whenever I was in high school, I might have gone to college sooner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in 1958, he was having a little chitty chat with the uh, Echo. And they told him he needed to get away from the constraints of government-funded projects. He also needed to divorce his wife and really focus, really focus on his dolphin studies. Because that is what is important. Specifically trying to communicate with them telepathically. Echo was very serious about that. You'll see it as a common theme throughout this story. That is his life's goal. That's why he was put on Earth, was to telepathically communicate with dolphins. Echo said it. They meant it. They're trying to keep him on the straight and narrow for this path. Uh, he did say that government agencies wanted him to continue his neural mapping experiments to see if there were any militaristic benefits, as they do. They also wanted to know if they're, they, they wanted to know more about sensory deprivation tanks and how they would, I don't know, make a person more susceptible to an outside influence. Perhaps while also on LSD. This is also the time where MK Ultra experiments were a thing. So Which, that, that might be what I talk about next because MK Ultra is just absolutely bananas. I can't believe that they admitted to that. They kind of kind of. Like, I think it's some like 80-something percent of the files just mysteriously burned up or lost. So, like, Man. they admitted one to One of them what, government fires. Yeah, one of them government fires. <laughs> kind of like some of them government plane crashes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like, most of the files were lost, and they admitted to basically what people found receipts for. That's just bananas. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all. But I, I am think, fascinated. I think that all started with the like the whole men who stare at goats thing. Never seen it. 
It's a movie, right? It is a movie, but it was it was basically like trying to train soldiers to kill things with their mind. What? Really? Yeah. Did they get anywhere with that? No. A shame. I'm glad that a, that a whole section of the government was... Look, man, it was a wild time. <laughs> they had all that war money. Jeez. They came back with all that Nazi gold and scientists. They were just like, you Nazi know what? Nazi gold and Nazi scientists, yes. Yeah. They, they, uh... Leaps and bounds were made in the 60s. I mean, really? Jeez. What a time to have been alive. What a time to have worked in the government. Just, just everyone's smoking Marlboros and... For their health. Eating sticks and butter, you know, to keep their heart healthy. Mm-hmm. And doing acid with dolphins and staring at goats until they fell over dead. We've strayed so far. I know. I wish we could turn back the wheel of time. But yes. To back to make America great again. <laughs> oh. uh, even said ironically, it, it feels gross. I know. <laughs> uh, you'll be happy to know that Lily did turn down the government to be a part of the MK Ultra experiments. Oh, darn. A shame, truly. <laughs> He would have been a ringer. They might have actually gotten somewhere with it. <laughs> they might have. Or they might have stopped much sooner. Uh, so he would publicly maintain that Echo is just a figment of his imagination, expressing the things that he truly wanted for himself and that nothing supernatural was going on. But like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. He, he absolutely believed that he was talking to ethereal coincidence controlling beings i mean to be fair if you trip hard enough you forget what reality is that is true and he and imagine having zero external sensory input and being on acid i did and I can't back then decide, yeah people didn't know how to fucking dose acid so they were just taking like wild amounts yeah they're just like ah like 4,000 micrograms should do the trick. Just, just which is like 40 4, hits for the uninitiated. Jeez, that's what, like half a sheet? That's about a dropper, I think. Jeez. Man. Not that I know. No, we don't know anything about no. that. Oh, wait. Your mom listens to this, doesn't she? Yes, she does. Belinda, I do drugs. Mommy does not do drugs. You Alone. Um. Yeah, I was going to say. Listen. <laughs> Our relationship is built on a foundation of truth and honesty <laughs> and respect and communication. And drugs. And drugs. Yes. No. The, the drugs are, are more of a cherry on the top than the foundation. Um, uh, no alcohol, just drugs for me, thanks. Yeah, really. So alcohol Alcohol's bad for you, man. Exactly. Uh, why drink drugs and drive like when you can drink, take... Drink drugs and drive? <laughs> Why drink drugs and drive? Are you fucking high right now? No, I just sit awake for a really long time. <laughs> I'm, my mind is just a maddening place to exist in anyway. Uh, why drink and drive? Drink and drive when you can take drugs and fly. That's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> why drink drugs and drive when you, you, can, you can take drink and fly? Yep. Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to the very serious topic that I'm talking about. 
let's go ahead and circle back around to Peter the Dolphin and Margaret. This is the most famous part of this story. Uh, Infamous, really. Yeah. This is the only part that I know about, if it is what I think you're about to say. It is, don't you worry. And honestly, if you'd like to pause, take some bets, find a religion and pray, I'm not sure, whatever you want to do, we're going to get into this. Um, Real quick, what do you personally think about dolphins? How do you feel about them as animals? I think they're monsters. I also think they're monsters. Yeah, they, they, I mean they are. They dolphins will like go and 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 take a sea turtle and just fucking torture it to death. Yeah. Or they'll like take other other animals down into their underwater dolphin rape caves and then just fuck them to pieces, literally. Yeah. Just shred them and and rape and murder. Dolphins are monsters, which means they are or they probably are pretty intelligent. Because it seems like the more, air quotes, intelligent you are, the more of a hostile piece of shit you are to everything around you. Yeah, if you look through the list of uh, serial killers, most of them have ungodly high IQs. So, are dolphins serial killers? Find out next week. (laughs) Uh, Like orcas. Yeah, orcas are monsters. Yeah. And I believe, so I, I want to say that the category that they fall under is cetacean, is, is what they're called, like dolphins, whales, eh, maybe manatees as well. Se- seaborn mammals? Yeah, pretty much. Cetaceans. I don't know that manatees are in the same... No. But I, I, know, I, I, know, I know for that, a fact I know that, that orca, dolphins orcas and whales... Are, yeah. Orcas and dolphins are closer to each other. Or, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. Orcas and dolphins are, are closer to each other than like a like a humpback whale and an orca. Yeah. Manatees are sweet, sweet, precious creatures. They're, they don't belong with the monsters. Yeah. But dolphins and orcas... Monsters. Monsters. Blue whales seem to be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I watched a video H- of... Humpback whales seem to kill people on the reg, but it also seems like it's probably an accident some of the time. When you're or, or it's or it's negligence on the human's part. They're like, oh, I want to run my sea kayak right up next to this fucking whale. Surely it won't crush me or bat me with its tail. Like... That was a rhyme, and it was beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I could <laughs> never... Out of all the activities that I, as a white woman could be seen doing uh kayaking with whales is not one of them ever it's pretty sketch in fact kayaking very far into the ocean at all is not for me the ocean is full of monsters and demons and it's just it's not where i need to be yeah Yeah. i was i was not born with gills or or the ability to hold my breath for more than like a minute and a half or two that's very impressive i probably can't anymore (laughs) I am out of shape, and I smoke, so. Yeah, I have a very healthy fear and respect for the ocean, and I like to keep our relationship professional, so you will not find me that far into the ocean. Ever. Ever. Honestly, you know what I'm most afraid of in the ocean? Jellyfish. Yeah, because some of them motherfuckers can just sting you and you just die. And they, like, sometimes they just show up in hordes. Like, Finding Nemo, that shit just happens. And they can kill... There are some jellyfish that their sting can kill you. Or, like, be super, super painful. I don't know. And I I don't want to find out. Yeah. So, sharks, 
whales fine giant squids were cool jellyfish my mortal enemy i don't go on their turf they don't come on mine <laughs> what are we talking about now uh oh yeah margaret and peter margaret and peter that's right how could i forget sweet sweet margaret and peter yeah so <sighs> tale as old as time <laughs> <laughs> and the beast (laughs) yeah so peter a young dolphin he would often lose focus because he'd just get too damn horny a situation that we have all faced at least once i am sure and he would get very violent when aroused he'd bite and hit margaret knock her over and try to take advantage of her um and he would also get distracted from his lessons and we can't have that no the original solution was to just put him in the tank with the two female dolphins that they had because they had peter and then they also had pam and sissy and so they would just dump him in the lady tank and let them get ravaged um until he'd be sated, hopefully. But that really wasn't a good solution because it was taking time away from the lessons and they only had so much government-funded money. Um, And also, it wasn't lasting very long. So, like, he'd spend an entire day fucking in the fuck tank. And he'd come back and it would only be a few hours or so until he would just be an angry, horny dolphin sea monster again and it was causing physical harm to margaret so the solution was well margaret not a scientist but she knows a scientist she has a problem there's an obvious solution and in her journal she raises a question of if it would be beneficial to the lessons for the human in this case, herself, to just take care of the air quote situation themselves. She also believed that this would strengthen the human dolphin bond. And really, I'm not trying to beat around the bush here. This is the graphic warning. She would jerk off the dolphin. Sorry, guys. So she jerked off the dolphin. She jerked off the dolphin. And for science, for science, she wrote everything down in her journal. She had a very fastidious note taker. Yeah, uh, absolutely. If, if you can give one adjective to Margaret, it would be that uh, dedicated, dedicated, really. Um, she wrote in her journal a very descriptive passage on how she would do it and how the dolphin reacted, even describing what he looked like when he um busted his nut i was gonna say made the salt water a little saltier but you are correct and i had to read that with my good seeing eyes i can't unread that and y'all can google it because i'm not going 
to precisely describe how to masturbate a dolphin. Yeah, or what a dolphin or, looks like when it comes. I guess it wouldn't be masturbation. Comes. Give a handy to a dolphin. Yeah. Um, she would also use her feet and other body parts as well. So, yeah. Well. Yeah. So, for and, and she goes on to, like, talk about how the act was not a private thing. She wasn't, like, embarrassed she would do it while other people were around. It was just, like... A very casual act of bestiality. Just something normal. It's This is scientific. You know? And from my unintentional... What other people were around? Sometimes, like, other scientists would come, or there would be, like, other people well, that should would... Should she get them, too, or...? <laughs> <laughs> well. Not her. Oh. Um... I mean, I can just go ahead and talk about this now. One of the one of John's, um, oh, what do you call a person who works with you? Intern. No, like student, protege, coworker. Uh, Those are all probably applicable. Let me see. Yeah, pretty much his um partner. Cohort. Yeah, sure. His, his cohort. Uh, Ted Nelson. He was a computer engineer. He made an entire video talking about how there were tons of inappropriate dolphin human activities at this house. Uh, he even, like, like he's saying, Margaret wasn't the only one to jack off the dolphin. Like, this person and that person also did it. And then there were two female dolphins. And he would talk about how they would, like roll over on their backs and want people to diddle them and how he was like this dolphin's coming on to me i'm gonna fuck it and how like he snuck in on a saturday when no one was there to go try to fuck this dolphin and he basically all but does it but then he stops and he's like well i don't want to actually try to fuck this dolphin because what if things get out of hand and i drown and this is how people find me which that's just balls deep in a dolphin (laughs) yep Yep. Um, I told you guys that this episode was going to get fucking wild. Uh, yeah, and also the thing is, why, why would you admit that? That's my personal question. Also, tagged on to that, just a little yes and, um, in my unintentional research to that, there is a YouTube video of a man who has this, he just made a fucking video describing how he fucked a dolphin. And like, he goes on to completely describe the interaction. I don't think it has anything to do with this, but it was just like, if you enjoyed this, you would enjoy this. No. Good old YouTube algorithm, huh? Yep. And they were so wrong. And I, I was listening to, I was listening to things at work. And so I would like set my phone down and like walk around and I was listening to it and I was just like, how do I change this? And then I couldn't find my phone. And so I'm just listening to it, trying to find my phone. But now I know how this dude had sex with a dolphin and I am very disturbed. And I also want to know why did he make a video about it? Why? There are laws against those kinds of things. Like, you don't tend to make a video about how you robbed a bank or other comparable things. If you're smart, you don't. Yeah, if you're smart, you don't. But clearly, people who fuck dolphins aren't brilliant. If you are a podcast listener 
and that is your jam, feel free to unsubscribe. That's fine. It's... We don't need your bestiality money. Exactly. Your dolphin fucking ears. <laughs> they uh, apparently like to be called zoophiles. And they... The, that's, I think, why he made the video was to try to get exposure. And, um... Anyway. Yeah. Also, side note, the dolphin killed itself later. Dolphins commit suicide, everyone. They just refuse to come up for air. It happens. It happens like four times in my story that I'm telling. Yeah. Anyway, so that tangent. What a fucking nightmare world we live in. Anyway, Margaret jerking off the dolphin, blah, blah, blah. Ugh. Just so you know, she voluntarily had this journal published. This journal that she documented every single thing that went on in that house, including that activity. She didn't like redact anything. Nothing was like marked out. She's like, here you go. Go ahead and publish this. And they did. And obviously there was a huge amount of backlash, criticism, and just overall blah from the public. Um, she was shocked, by the way. She, her um, reasoning was that farmers do it to horses and cows. Why is it any different for me to do it to a dolphin? Mm. Yeah. Uh, and towards the end of this whole ordeal, after everything goes to shit, which, spoiler alert, of course it does. Of, of course this project is going to take a nosedive. If you didn't see that ending coming, man, life is going to be rough. Um, but after, during the time that this is like coming to its end, uh, Hustler does an article where they take some artistic liberties about Margaret's story and basically publish a story about her fucking a dolphin. They post it, they publish it. I don't want to say it's as fact, but you know, kind of. She's so embarrassed whenever she reads it, she tries to buy every Hustler article or every Hustler magazine, which you can't, sorry, is a very, very popular magazine, especially in the 60s. <laughs> so yeah, I just, she just, didn't foresee publishing her journal as having any backlash. And that just blows my mind. So during the same time that she published her journal, uh, Lily wrote a book called Man and Dolphin. And he confided in his colleagues that he wrote the whole thing in one weekend while high on amphetamines. That's right. Yeah. It does. Uh, kind of like Hemingway-esque, I think, but in a very different direction. Uh, obviously, the U.S. was like, wow, how can we use these experiments that the brilliant Dr. John C. Lilly is doing to our benefit? 
like I said earlier, they were trying to militarize them. The thing that they landed on was dolphin spies. And since Lily wasn't doing anything about it, they were like, let's get the Navy on it. So the Navy started their own dolphin speech experiments. And while I was writing this, I realized that perhaps someone in the U.S. Navy had also been molested by a dolphin during these experiments. Because that's what dolphins do. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, Hank Hill in King of the Hill was also (laughs) molested by a dolphin. He was. The first time that most of us were... Exposed to the true nature of dolphins. Yes. The fucking monsters that they are. <laughs> so surprisingly, Lily wasn't a fan of the Navy's experiments because even though he was guilty of it in the past, he believed that keeping dolphins in small confined tanks was inhumane. It was a breach of trust between humans and dolphins, and it would lead to a breakdown in the human dolphin relationship in the future. He thought the dolphin house was kind of like a much better option. He even envisioned this future where we had this society that was connected with dolphins, where they both came together to have like human dolphin community discussions. I don't know. That I bet if they could talk, they'd be real pissed about what we do to the ocean. Oh, probably. They'd have some things to say. <laughs> um so back to the sensory deprivation tanks like i said this is kind of all over the place but this is how my brain works if i have to live like this you guys have to be on this journey with me uh he was still using those things like all the time and he began to think of his own mind as a universe or at least a smaller part of another universe and he really dove into using lsd or lysergic acid uh diethylamide anyway lse which honestly i did not know that it was originally marketed for a cure for a lot of mental disorders we've come full circle because they're starting to do experiments in order to help use it to cure mental disorders once again Mm -hmm. depression anxiety ptsd that's right but uh psilocybin's getting a little more attention than lsd is at this point it is um or correction it's getting a lot more attention yes uh it is it's i think a lot of it is the legality of it and also a psilocybin trip is significantly shorter than an lsd trip and in kind of the same way that you can say that weed should be legal because it comes from the ground yeah mushrooms in the same way i've seen a lot of arguments but you're absolutely right psilocybin is kind of like at the top of the market but they shouldn't sleep on LSD. I've seen a lot of really interesting studies talking about the benefits under controlled environments and, and specific dosing. Um, so Lily would take LSD and just spend hours alone in these sensory deprivation tanks. And he started believing that the dolphins were trying to telepathically communicate with him. And after the original 10 weeks were up, Lily was broke and he couldn't continue to fund this project when he was right on the verge of a telepathic dolphin breakthrough. Because, like, he'd always thought that he could telepathically talk to them, but now they were trying to telepathically talk to him and he runs out of money? Ridiculous. He was being held afloat by one backer, 
just some tiny little bitty organization found in the government. You might have heard of it. It's NASA. Um, yes. <laughs> have, have you heard of them? I, I have. Yes. So they were his one and only, like, large backer. Uh, so there was this big meeting where a whole bunch of scientists met together. Lily was invited to this. Um, and this was kind of circled around, uh, so Frank Drake, Frank Drake was an astrophysicist who was performing experiments to see if he could find radio signals for intelligent life in space, a very well-known experiment. And, um, I believe... Carl Sagan wrote the Frank equation or Frank wrote it. I'm unsure, but basically it's an equation to decide the likelihood that a planet has intelligent life. And so all of these big leaps and bounds are being made in space. And so NASA was kind of thinking, well, what if we do commute, like find an alien race? How are we going to be able to communicate with them? because we can't even communicate with ourselves a lot. So we got to figure this out. And they look at Lily's experiments with the dolphins and they think if you can learn to speak to dolphins, we can learn to speak to aliens. It's, if that, then this, I, I definitely see the correlation. Um, so it was, it was Drake's formula to uh, kind of figure out how many planets in the milky way could have intelligent life oh no thank you well i didn't break it this time good <laughs> you just got it yep um so nasa decided to back lily's project because of this and he actually has kind of a an interesting quote uh, he says that we need to address the task of interspecies communication before that duty is thrust upon us. And let's not forget that Congress was just being briefed on UFOs like last Tuesday. So. Uh, they're, they're warming us up to the idea of the aliens. Yes. Just like we talked about in our aliens episode. <laughs> um, no one really cared uh, except for Senator Kirsten Gildebrand, uh, Gillibrand said it's a pretty big deal and that people should really be taking it more seriously because it could be a major threat to national security. And I... If those dolphins learn Russian before they learn American, we're fucked. <laughs> Every American needs to go out and find a dolphin and teach it English. Do your patriotic duty. Try to resist the urge to fuck it. <laughs> a lot of people backed out then Ugh. um yeah so i was actually doing a little bit of research on the like ufo uh thing and um a lot of people think that the uh, the unidentified flying objects are actually either russian or chinese um just really highly advanced technology that they're using to basically spy on us <laughs> or aliens so those are the three options that we have <laughs> yeah yeah i feel like one russia no <laughs> from what we've seen <laughs> yeah 
from from the most recent events russia having highly advanced spy technology that they're using on us maybe no. not i would be surprised if they had something more advanced than a ham radio at this point unless this is all a, a great ruse it, at this point no china maybe probably not because they steal most of their shit from us they stole it from us put a made in china sticker on it sent it back to spy mm. on us yeah. we'd pick it up though so really the point is it's probably aliens and we should be concerned yeah i don't know let them come yeah every day <laughs> i wake up come and get some... me space daddy <laughs> <laughs> come get me space daddy um, come get me space daddy prints are available <laughs> in my Etsy store which is uh, possum witch art obviously <laughs> just a little plug <laughs> yeah yeah uh, anyway so Carl Sagan who's a very famous scientist um, him and John C. Lilly started a semi-secret group where they were besties. They had little pins made. It was super cute. Carl liked to visit the dolphin house regularly. And one time he was petting a dolphin, uh, Elvar, and he stopped petting him. And the dolphin said, more. And Sagan excitedly ran into the house and to tell Lily. And he's like, did he say it in the proper context? And Sagan was like, yeah, I think so. And he's like, good. That's one of the words he knows. Very nonchalant about this dolphin saying more for wanting more belly rubs. Yeah. But I do think that it's cute that uh, Lily and Sagan were like super close besties and they had their own little best friend group. It's just cute. <laughs> Why don't we have buttons? Uh, do you know how to make buttons? <laughs> With a button maker? Do we have a button maker? Nope. We can get one. Add it to the mounds of other craft supplies. Yeah. Pretty soon we're going to be able to make anything. Truly. We don't have a craft closet. We have an entire craft section of the house. We have the, the room in our, the biggest room in our house is dedicated to crafts. It is bigger than our living room. Yes. It has the best lighting. It does. And a ceiling fan. And a ceiling. It's the only the ceiling, only ceiling fan. fan in our whole fucking house. When we found this house to like rent... On Zillow, they very poorly photoshopped ceiling fans into every single room. And, like, when you're just glancing at a picture on Zillow, you're like... Cool, this there's is, a ceiling fan. Yeah, this is normal. But then whenever you go and, like, zoom in, and it's very obviously not. It is... Yeah, and then you get here and there's no ceiling fans except for the one. Except for the one in the one room that we spend the least amount of time in. That's already cooler anyway, just because of how it's made. Yeah. A ceiling fan that you hit your head on maybe, what, 20 times a day? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so at this point in Lily's career, the critics far outnumbered the supporters. And they're basically saying that mimicry was not speech. Like, we can talk to parrots, but it's still not interspecies communication. I'm almost done, by the way, I promise. I just, I like to prattle. <laughs> uh, Lily was very desperate and he decided that the best possible course of action was to get 
every creature involved on the same wavelength. So how are you going to do that? Obviously, the same answer is it's been this whole time LSD. So <laughs> it's the only answer he has. I mean, it's two a plus great two answer. equals acid. <laughs> so, I want that on a shirt. Okay. <laughs> I bought a cricket. I've used it twice. I need to start using it more. Yeah. Make me a two plus two equals acid shirt. I will. <laughs> and then put a little dolphin at the bottom. <laughs> okay. So there were studies done with many other animals involving LSD by lots of other scientists at the time because LSD was like all the rage. And so they were dosing it to everything. I'm just like, oh, let's try this. See what this does. They were giving it to plants even. All sorts of experiments. Um, so obviously John's going to be doing a little bit of the same. So he's giving a little bit of LSD to the dolphin Sissy and Pam. They were not very social, and he noticed that when he gave it to them, they became a lot more social, and they'd want to interact, they'd try to mimic, and it just, it really freed them up a little bit, released them of that social anxiety. And when Margaret saw this and knew that Peter was next, she was fucking pissed. She was like, listen, dude, I've put my life into this work. I don't want any other, I, I don't want anything else involved. I don't want any outside forces. It just let me sit here and teach this dolphin how to talk, period. We're working on Dr. Seuss books and we don't need your acid. He said, fuck you, this is my project. This is Russia. <laughs> fuck that bitch, this is Russia. And um, then shot it with a tranquilizer dart full of LSD. Yes. So he did see its dead dolphin eyes dilate, <laughs> start swimming in concentric patterns. Oh god, their eyes are already so creepy. Um so John absolutely gave Peter LSD. Of course he did. I would be surprised if he didn't. But the thing is, he didn't react the way that he thought he would. And he said basically, if Peter had any reaction to the drug at all, it was all internal. Because there was like a recording of the whole thing. And basically he just kind of swam around and was super chill. Probably thinking about his dolphin life. And his dolphin human lover. I don't know. So. It's like, man, I miss Margaret. <laughs> and if you know anything about acid is that it can also make you horny. So it, it might have been true. So after this. After he was dosing the dolphins, surprisingly, that was, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back for a lot of the people that was working with him, that were working with him. And a, so many people quit after that. Margaret didn't because she is dedicated to her dolphin. Um, she is a ride or die. And uh, so many people quit and he lost funding and... He ended up having to shut down the dolphin house. What was supposed to be a 10 month long project turned into a 10 year long project. And um, not like having the dolphins there, but like from like creation to end 10 years. And they had to shut it down. And against his own ethics, Lily moved his dolphins to a small building that he rented in Miami with tanks that were barely large enough for the dolphins to swim around. A few weeks after the move, 
Peter unfortunately killed himself. And uh, Lily called Margaret to tell her and she was very upset by the news. Um, one of the dolphins from the show Flipper actually met a similar fate where where they also committed committed dolphin suicide. And Richard O'Berry, the man who caught and trained pretty much all of the dolphins for the show, fell into this like deep depression and had a lifetime of guilt because of that. And so he just started releasing dolphins and he actually ended up doing a stint in prison for releasing dolphins um, from captivity. Good for him. Yeah. And Lily ended up also having serious remorse and he let the remainder of his dolphins go. So that's, that's good. He then wrote, which honestly, God, this guy should stop writing books. He wrote programming and metaprogramming the human biocomputer, which is basically a handbook for how to jailbreak the human mind using LSD and sensory deprivation tanks. This book led many people to believe that Lily had just lost his fucking mind after losing the funding for the Dolphin House. Honestly, I think he lost a a while before. Yeah, when he started talking to Echo. Uh, Yeah. And don't worry, it just, it gets worse. Uh, Then LSD started becoming demonized in the media and there were stricter regulations placed on LSD. So that meant that Lily had to return all of his stash. He had to send it back to the lab. He got it from. And what is a reasonable some the substitution for LSD? You're right. It's ketamine. Yeah. Well, that's kind of like sensory deprivation all in one. It sure is. Uh, he started dosing himself every day. From what I know about ketamine, it basically causes locked-in syndrome, where it's just like your body's useless, but your mind's still there. Congratulations. Be alone with your thoughts for a while. Which sounds like a nightmare, personally. (laughs) I would never. Um, So he would end up injecting ketamine into his thigh a, a very small amount, 42 times every single day for months on end. Just, just a little bit, you know, just just a little too. Just a, just a measly forty-two times every day. Um, shockingly, this resulted in several near-death experiences, and people would criticize him, saying that he was addicted. But he claimed that he I could can quit anytime I want. Exactly. Uh, he said that he's studying the substance, and any good scientist becomes a little obsessed with their subject matter. He went on to write another book. Uh, dear, who's his publicist? Another one. <laughs> Another one. And this one, I have to read. It's an autobiography written in the third person. The first four chapters describe what his life was like before he was born. So ba- basically how he existed as an amorphous blob in the universe. Oh, good. Yeah. I always hate it when they start autobiographies at birth. Yeah. I don't think it's realistic, really. It's so cliche. Uh, if you watch his interviews, you can definitely tell the like decline in his mental state. You remember the like anti-weed commercial where the girl was like melted into the couch and her dog is super disappointed in her? Mm-hmm. That is exactly what he looked and sounded like. And instead of his dog being super disappointed in him, 
It was Echo. And if you don't remember, they are the ethereal beings that control chance on Earth that he meets in his mind palace. <laughs> so they were pretty upset with him. For, for doing ketamine instead of acid? Yeah, absolutely. After taking 150 milligrams of ketamine, Echo cut his penis off and they feed it to him. And he screams in terror. His wife runs into the room, checks to make sure it's still there. It is. And they're like, you had a subconscious fear. We let you live it out. Which, what? You had a subconscious fear of being fed your own penis? Is that common? I didn't, but I kind (laughs) of do now. I'm sorry. Uh. I thought, I thought, I think I would I would wake up to the cutting off part before the feeding part. I, I, I'd like to think. Well, one one would hope. I don't know. I'm a pretty heavy sleeper. <laughs> uh, Depends on how sharp the knife is. If it's real sharp, you won't even know. Yeah, just right off. <laughs> if it's like a butter knife. You you'd probably wake up. Oh yeah, if you got to saw at it for a bit, then yeah. So Echo is basically like, dude, you've got to stop using ketamine. It's getting out of hand. Do you know how much of a fuck up you have to be in order for your own hallucinations to tell you to go to rehab? (laughs) That is rock bottom. That is like the episode of SpongeBob at rock bottom. Rock bottom. Rock bottom and then you've brought a shovel. Rock bottom. Um, Don't think that that gets him back on the straight and narrow because the overall point was that he lost sight of trying to talk to dolphins using LSD. So he needs to put down the vitamin K and get back to that. That's what they're telling him. Not like, hey, stop doing drugs. It's, hey, stop using this specific drug and go back to using the other drug. And he did it, guys. He kicked the habit through hard work and dedication and being so high that he got into a violent bicycle accident that led him to staying into the hospital for four months. And so he couldn't do the drugs. You too can, yeah. can be strong. He believes that Echo orchestrated this whole event in order to get him back to his life's mission. He started a new program called Janus, which is named after the Roman god with two faces, symbolizing humans and dolphins. Janus is basically like beginning and ends. It lasted like a few months. He was trying to make a new language for both humans and dolphins to learn that was more based on uh, dolphinese. So it was like clicks and whistles and kind of like a Rosetta Stone. It did not do well because he immediately doubled down on the LSD telepathy thing and he had no funding. (laughs) No one's going to back him at this point. He's lost his credibility. Remember at the beginning when people were so excited for this genius to bridge the gap? Yeah. Yeah, that's not there anymore. Hmm. Weird. How the mighty have fallen. Uh, So at this point, he has a couple of dolphins and just like a bunch of volunteers and like a place that's held together with duct tape and a wish. His tanks for the dolphins are smaller than they were at the Miami house, which if the dolphins could barely swim there, imagine how they are here. No one that he's working with is trained. He has no funding. And so he eventually like lets releases the dolphins into the Atlantic, which can you just let dolphins go back into the ocean? I don't, I Mm. don't know. 
I don't know. Hopefully they lived. Hopefully it was a wonderful, sweet thing, and it wasn't that they immediately got some ocean illness and died. I don't know. Dolphins seem hardy. Um, so that was pretty much the end of his reign as Dolphin King. Uh, he died in, um, let's see, it's the 80s sometime. Do, do, do. He died in 86. Or he died at the age of 86 in 83. And some of the good things he gave us were sensory deprivation tanks. Like you were saying, we could spend $55 for an hour in a sensory deprivation tank. Um, he also is kind of credited to for the Marine Mammal Protection Act of 1972, basically changing how the public saw marine mammals. So that, that's good. Yeah. Um, he gave us Flipper and Echo the Dolphin game. Uh, Margaret, she ended up marrying... Uh, Mr. John Levette. He was the photographer who photographed pretty much the whole Dolphin House experience, uh, experiment, which means experience that too. Yeah. He definitely saw some things and still chose to marry her. Well. Well. <laughs> um, the Dolphin House was turned back into a regular house and Margaret and John actually moved in there and they raised their kids there. Could you imagine walking through the living room and just, you know... Daydreaming about jerking off dolphins while you chase your toddler? Yeah, like, where that sofa is, that's where I used to give foot jobs to the dolphin. You know, I can't imagine. We obviously can't talk to dolphins today, but there are many documented efforts of people trying to bridge this gap still. Uh, Jack Kasowitz, he's a part of dolphinspeak.org. Um... He's found a way of documenting the way dolphins speak, so like dolphinese, I guess, not by the sounds that they make, but actually by like the bubbles that come out or like the the air cone that come out of their mouth. Uh, And he'll take a cross section of that and use that to connect it to different sources in their language. It's very interesting. He's kind of crazy in in a little way, but like, that that is interesting he has a whole list of questions that he's going to ask dolphins when he can speak to them such as do you believe in god is there an afterlife do you guys have a way of like recording history which man to listen to dolphin recorded history that would be interesting um and then let's give it up for the one person who's actually done genuine work Uh, I believe she's done a TED talk as well. Uh, Denise Herzing, she's made the most progress. She was the least invasive. She made this like wearable underwater box thing that like (coughs) would make a dolphin noise and connect it to an English word. So if I'm like ball, it would be like squeak, squeak. And so the point was to try to get the dolphin to connect that specific sound to the ball so that if the dolphin chose to connect those two things and repeat that specific sound back then the device would say ball in english in the uh wearer's ear and so that that could work if you had a dolphin if you raised a dolphin from birth Mm -hmm. but like 
just a random doll like you're just teaching them a language yeah instead of understanding theirs yeah but communication is the whole point of it i believe and it seems like it's the the out of everything else that i've seen the best way to go about it and she didn't use any acid no she didn't shame i know that's that's my only critique of her um so we got people like that who are just delightful scientists and then we also have people like joan ocean great name would make a phenomenal 80s hairband name i believe joan ocean um she studies dolphins and believes that they can travel through time and dimensions and that they're also way smarter than humans and that even though they might physically be in our world they're astral projecting across planes in the universe so she's taken a page from john's book joan ocean joan ocean yeah like third cousin of joe exotic (laughs) you should see what she looks like too i believe that oh a very very blonde very very tan very wide eyes and that's that's all i have for you i know that this was kind of a long one but a lot of it was really just me ranting as oh yikes yeah i told you (laughs) she's got serial killer eyes she do huh jinkies yeah she looks like she believes that dolphins travel across astral planes maybe they do and maybe it's none of our business yeah I'm gonna have to agree with you. So that's uh that's what I got for you. The incredible tale of John C. Lilly and the Dolphin House. What are your thoughts? That's just it's wild. Yeah. There was a lot more there than than I originally knew. Yeah. I knew about the lady jerking off dolphins and that acid was involved. Yeah. I originally thought that NASA was more involved than they were, as opposed to being like just a backer, and that LSD was used more prevalently um, as opposed to just like a couple of one-off things. But maybe if they used it more. Maybe. Maybe if Margaret used it. Maybe if they had DMT. Maybe. Maybe. Or some like ayahuasca. Yeah, the D and DMT stands for dolphin, so obviously. Dolphin dimethyltryptamine. That's right. Dolphin magic telepathy. There you go. Well, wow. thanks well, uh, for... What a great one to come back to. Right? Thanks for joining us on that ride. <laughs> I uh, I don't think I'm taking any classes this summer, so I'll hopefully have more time. And uh, it's mostly about the energy, if I have the energy to, to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Podcasting is dreadfully hard work, guys. I forgot how much fun it is, though. It is fun. But, well... Uh, thank you guys for listening. Love you. I've missed you. And uh, how about you just stay weird? Stay weird. <laughs> Bye. Bye.